Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What do you do, habitually, to become physically stronger? If your workouts are more centered around achieving maximum calorie burn or your mega into, say, running and don't do much to strengthen those hard-working muscles in between those 10Ks, it's time for a rethink. Whether it's lifting weights, doing upright rows with a TRX looped around a tree, or dropping down low to do an eye-watering number of squats with a heavy resistance band looped around your thighs, all women need to be strength training. But what's the science behind why, exactly, it's so important? How do you incorporate strength training exercise into your workout week in a way that supports your existing fitness goals? And is there any truth supporting that tired but still getting traction notion that weight training can, and I'm using air quotes here, bulk you up? Hello, I'm Roisin Dervishokane and this is Going For Goal, the weekly women's health podcast. On this show, we call on top experts to share the tools you need to make good on the health goals that really matter to you and chat to our favourite celebrities and wellness stars about what they do to feel and function at their best. The two experts bringing the knowledge in today's episode are two of the most well-respected figures in the UK fitness scene. The first is Jocelyn Thompson-Rule, a Nike master trainer, women's strength specialist, author of How to Move It, and host of the Fitness Unfiltered podcast. The second is Andy Vinson, a PT with over 20 years experience in the fitness industry, who's extensively studied strength and conditioning, sports performance, nutrition, and biomechanics. He's also longtime mentor to PT and three times women's health cover star, Alice Living. In today's chat with women's health editor-in-chief, Claire Sanderson, they both make a seriously compelling case for why women need to make a habit of strength training, not only for the physical wins or body composition benefits, like the more muscle you have, the more energy you burn at rest, but also for those hidden but no less essential facets of health, like bone density. They also cover the mechanics of muscle building, the geek and me loved it, how to nail the cardio resistance training balance, why recovery is so important when you're looking to get strong and toned, plus the principles you need to know about best fueling your body while on a get strong mission. Over to Claire. Should we start with you, Jocelyn? That's a very simple question. Why do you think women should be strength training? Um, well, for me, it was, um, if I think back on my own experience of when I started strength training um, and the impact that it had on me. So um, I started strength training when I was at university. Um, I got a place on the uh, women's rowing team um, and it coincided at a, a point in time where I felt sort of 
very out of place at the university I went to. It was, a, it was like a wealthy university. Lots of people there had been privately educated. So I felt, I, I just didn't, I, I felt like a, a big outsider there. Um, and the one thing that gave me a sense of self again was actually strength training and the strength work that I had to do for rowing. Um, and it gave me a level of confidence that I just didn't get from anywhere else. Um, and it was it was very soon after that that I thought, right, okay, if this is the impact that it's had on me, because strength is something that nobody can take away from you, you own it, you've worked for it, um, then how can I do this for other people? And specifically, how can I, um, you know, I work with men and women, but um, it's, it's one of those things that is, uh, you know, a lot of women shy away from. And so for me to, to, to show the, the impact that it had on me and my life and really was a pivotal point, to be fair, because here I am in the industry 18 years later doing the same thing. Um, I wanted to be able to, to, to share with, with other people that thing that nobody can take away from you and that you, you have to work for. Um, and it never gets... It never gets tired. It never gets old. In fact, the older you get, the more important it is, you know, for you to do. So it's just it's, it's hugely important for everyone. Thank you. Andy, why is it that physiologically women should lift weights? Um, so there's loads of really, really important benefits around strength training. Um, I think uh, just generally speaking, one of the things that when I think of when I train women, what's a what's like the thing they neglect or what's the thing that often is the, uh, the bucket that needs filling the most and, and adding strength, adding the ability to manage force is just one of those things that's going to help everyone from a sense of obviously increasing muscle mass, but increasing bone density, increasing um, connective tissue, tendon, joint health, joint integrity. So lots and lots of really important benefits um, and then like Jocelyn on from like obviously the, the, the mental benefits are amazing, but also just moving us away from thinking of exercise solely as sometimes calories burn and thinking about actually performance metrics and what we can, how we can make our bodies perform better. Um, and I think that's for me the kind of the key benefit. So Andy, you mentioned calories there. It's such a loaded word in the world of women's wellness We've long been told that you burn calories to lose weight and the best way to do that is cardio. But that's not actually true, is it? Because if your aim is to burn calories and lose body fat, strength training builds lean muscle mass, which will help you burn calories as you go about your day to day. Yeah, correct. It's kind of a, I guess, a lot of coaches are a bugbear in the industry where we just think of exercise as a, a method of burning more energy. Um, and, and doing so, it takes people down both very negative mindset, but also it alters our sort of focus towards training more for performance benefits. I really think of exercise and any method you use for exercise, especially strength training, as performance benefits. And then the calorie burn just becomes like a a nice little additional add-on. It's not the thing to focus on. It just happens in the background, I guess, because calorie calculation can be so inaccurate. So you've got quite inaccurate data. And then you just sort of lose the really amazing uh, benefits that we just sort of said that strength training actually brings along. Um, and like you said, if, you, if you're holding a bit of it on lean muscle, then you'll burn more calories at rest. 
you'll perform better. So if you go for a run, you'll be stronger, you have more joint resilience. Therefore, you can run faster, run further. Um, so it all sort of stems back down to if you really focus on the performance benefits of training as a whole um, and sort of park the idea of at least just allow calories to tick along in the background. They could be something just to know are there, not the sort of primary focus of why we train. Jocelyn, can you explain in the simplest terms what happens to your muscles when you lift weights? Okay, so when you lift weights you will put a certain amount of stress on your muscles. Um, And what happens is you get these little micro tears in the muscles, which is not something to worry about. And what will happen then once you, once you finish training and once you recover in the right way, which is a whole nother talk and conversation, um, your muscles will rebuild themselves and they will come back stronger and that's the simplest 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 terms that I can that I can put it in so when you train tiny little micro tears in the in the muscles um they will then knit back together come back stronger so should you do that same kind of um load again they will be able to handle that load slowly over time it's not something that can be rushed it's not something that can be um cheated in any way um it's just a a a process of of progressive overload so yeah and do you have to lift weights or can you uh, achieve that through body weight exercises yeah i mean you can you know the the you know adding weight um once you so you would put it in a certain order so you wouldn't necessarily get somebody you know if somebody can't necessarily handle their own body weight or be able to control their own body weight in a squat for example like an air squat then it wouldn't make sense for us to load them up with a weight because that wouldn't be safe but for somebody who is moving their body for the first time um mastering that body weight is going to be really really beneficial not only because that's the important piece um but also we want for them once they are loading to to be able to handle that load safely so it's you know, movement and strength training is is also just about that movement control. Like things like um, there are lots of exercises that that are body weight ex- exercises that can be done poorly, um, and they may be perceived to be easy, um, but they're actually not being done well. So you may even have somebody who's super flexible can um, drop down into a body weight squat really easily. There's no, they don't have any, any mobility issues or whatever. Um, but if you start loading them up and they don't have any control in that movement, then you will have issues later. So it's about quality of movement before we load up. But you're, there are so many layers within that to be able to move well and to be able to move well under load that it is important to master the body weight first. So, Andy, if somebody's fairly new to strength training or maybe he's been prioritising cardio over this last 12 months when not everyone had weights at home and couldn't afford to remortgage their home to buy some because that's how expensive weights became um, when everyone was scrambling to buy kettlebells, etc. What advice would you give them as a starting block, as an entry into, into strength training? Like Justin said, there's, there's so much that can be done with with body weight, with very minimal equipment. Um, I the the kind of the key is to keep it progressively challenged to make sure that you are looking to improve. Um, 
And uh, most exercises break down to sort of like fundamental patterns of movement, of which most of them people you'll kind of know. So you've got like lower body pushing things like squat patterns. You've got upper body pushes like push-ups. And then you've got things like upper body pulls, like chin-ups and those sort of things. So you've got pushes and pulls, upper and lower. So you can sort of think of the body in that way and then just assign exercises that are challenging for each one. So something like a squat, you can start obviously with the body weight work. And then when you can do a certain amount of sets and reps, you're thinking then how can I make this more challenging using what I've got if I haven't got equipment? And the most obvious thing to do is to switch to single leg style training because then you've got to manage your entire body weight on one leg. You've got to work with coordination, balance. Um, Obviously, you could hold onto a wall to stabilize and things, but you can move a squat to a single leg exercise. Push-ups stay pretty hard for most people just staying as they are. Um, and you can manipulate the speed in which you move through them. So you can kind of go a little bit slower. But really simplify it right down to look at the sort of push-pull patterns up and lower. Make sure that the exercise you select is um, scalable. Um, and you're always just trying to, because the key is that, that stimulus that Justin spoke about, that you place stimulus on the body. The body has to adapt to that stimulus. So when you rest, recover, and you go again, you can do that stress easier. So long as you've got this like small progressive scale, adding a rep every two weeks, going a little bit deeper into your push-up every two weeks, just little things that you can do to make sure that every single time you're training, not every single time, but at least the mindset towards it, is this idea of progressively loading and overloading the body. So you mentioned push-pull quite a lot throughout that. Can you explain what you mean by a push-stay and a pull-day and how you should order them within your training patterns? Yeah, so just trying to think about the sort of really primary movements that we think of in strength training. So squat pattern is really like a pushing style pattern for the lower body. And then things like a deadlift, most people have sort of seen maybe a deadlift on social media. That's a hinge pattern. It's going to be more of a pulling style exercise. Um, so if you're just thinking really a push is moving a load away from the body and then a pull is the pulling load towards the body. That's not perfect, but it will get most of the exercises kind of like falling into boxes. Um, and then from there, so you've got the push, pull, upper and lower body exercises. Um, how you organize them, generally, generally speaking, as, as coaches, we try and encourage people to do more pulling patterns than push just because push is a much more biased way that we we sort of run we go upstairs we do things that very much uses those push muscles so doing things like floor bridges hip thrusters um hamstring bridges those style hinge exercises having a few more of those in just to create a bit more balance to the overall structure to the way you put your program together um and then so it just stops people from doing like every single push variation going. You're not doing like see if they can do push-ups, incline push-ups, dips. It ends up being a lot of the same style exercise. So if you can just think a little bit about the pools as well, just as it brings a nice healthy balance into the, uh, into the workout. Jocelyn, there's a lot of disagreement, noise around what's more effective, lower rates, higher reps to fatigue or higher weights, lower reps, time under tension. Do they, do they achieve different outcomes? If I was taking a beginner um, and I'm introducing them to lifting, um, it's not going to be safe for me to load their body up with with higher weights and lower repetitions because they're just not going to be able to 
to handle that. Again, if we go back to that, um, managing your body weight first, being able to do that, great. And then we slowly start loading. Now, if I've got a, a, a beginner to the gym or a beginner to working out, not only am I getting them to do these exercises and make sure that they're doing them safely, I'm also trying to build up their tendon strength as well. I'm also trying to do enough repetition so they get used to the movements, they're comfortable with the movement. Once they're there, once they're good, I will then start to add more load if that's if that's what we're if that's what we're requiring. Um, and eventually, yes, I'm gonna get them to lower repetitions anything between uh i don't know three to six rep range let's just say um and lifting lifting heavier loads it's dependent on a ton of things but generally if i'm trying to build somebody's strength yes i want to go for big compound movement patterns you know andy was talking about deadlifts squats all of those big movements that use lots of uh, muscles all at the same time. And then I want to make sure that I'm using a load that is enough again to simulate adaptation because that's, that's how we build strength. So, um, we also in the fitness worlds can get stuck in words like toning and things like that. Um, and again, it's especially for women and, and, and strength training for women. Um, this idea that well lifting heavier weights is going to turn me into arnie which incidentally it's not um is just still you know in the mindset and going back to the calorie conversation a lot of women still think it's about more calories burnt than lifting a heavier weight but um and i don't know if you find this andy a lot of people will come maybe for weight loss as their goal it's still a big thing as much as we're trying to change that conversation um it's, uh, that's the a lot of people will come to a trainer for um the beauty is that on that training journey you can get them out of that mindset of the focus being weight loss and into whoa look at how incredible my body is and and again Andy I'm sure you'll you'll know when you've got someone in the gym and they're lifting for the not lifting for the first time but they've been training with you for a while and they start to lift some heavy weights and they're like wait I just did that that's awesome and then they have this completely different appreciation for weights weightlifting what it does for them what it does does for their body so um again it depends on the individual where they are in their training journey um but a beginner we're still going light load and high repetition because it's important to build that up build that foundation but then eventually we're going to move to a, a lower rep range and a higher um level of resistance so they can't achieve the same thing then you would get different results if you just continued with the higher rep range with the lower weights than, than lifting heavy physiologically it does different things to your body eventually eventually they're going to plateau they're, they're only going to get a certain amount of response from the from the higher from the higher repetitions and the lower loads they'll just get used to it and then there'll be no stimulus so they'll be they'll you know they'll kind of plateau out they'll need more 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Andy, Jocelyn mentioned there that um, there's a fear among, among women that become like Arnie if they, they lift heavy weights. We speak to many women in the Women's Health audience and we hear it time and time again, I don't want to bulk up, quote unquote. Is that even possible for a woman? Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that's been around for a long time and I, I hope we can, we can sort of banish the myth and... Uh, um, but it is to take a bit of work. So it's very hard to build a considerable amount of muscle. Um, it's a very long, slow process of that stimulus, repair, stimulus, repair. Um, it's not to say you can't build a good amount of muscle, but you, it's a really long journey. And we're talking years, not weeks and months. Um, first of all, a lot of the strength training adaptations we're talking about, so we're sort of talking about the body adapting to these stimulus. A lot of those adaptations aren't just muscular. They're going to be, so not just the inner muscle that's, that's changing. We're changing our, effectively it's a, it's a neurological change, our central nervous system, uh, to a point our DNA, everything changes around the fact that we start lifting weights. Um, it's not just going into muscles all the time. So we're lifting heavier weights, our brain's having to, turn on more muscles through the entire body. Um, that does a lot of really cool things just beyond building muscle. So I think what happens a lot of time is we react to very short-term changes of the muscle. So when you train a muscle, we said that Justin mentioned that you make tiny little micro tears to the muscle. What happens when we create any kind of damage to the body, we inflame, we send more blood to the area. Um, so we're, we're inflamed under a kind of uh, a period of time, 24, 72 hours after. Also, the muscles will adapt to these stresses. So if, I, if my body knows, or if I'm training a woman and we're doing a repeated bouts of strength training, and strength training uses primarily glycogen, stored sugar as a fuel source, we're going to store a little bit more glycogen in the muscle, and we're going to store a little bit more water in the muscle because we have to, because that's going to be needed to continuously contract the muscle over and over again. So we've got short-term changes in blood flow based on inflammation. We've got short-term changes in storage of energy in a muscle, which can make a muscle temporarily look a bit bigger. So when you notice like weekly changes or daily changes in muscle belly size, it's not muscle being built. It is just short-term change or just short-term adaptations as the body's getting used to what you're doing. Um, and the truth is losing muscle is not actually that hard. So if you were ever to say, let's say we were to build too much muscle, which I've never had anyone say it to me, um, it's not necessarily the hardest thing to then, to then lose that muscle if it was 
seriously a problem. I think the really important thing to know is that it just takes, if I'm working with clients, it's a long, slow slog of a process. Um, but it is very easy to get a bit disheartened by just very, very quick changes to the body um, as we do it. Andy, do women, as they get slightly older and they start experiencing perimenopausal symptoms and therefore have drop in hormones, etc., find it harder to build muscle? Um, it is, as you get older, yes, it's a little bit harder to build muscle. That doesn't mean, it means it's even more important to do it. Um, as, as we get older, just our, it's harder to put mechanical load through tissue. We're not as able to recover quite as rapidly. Um, but there's even more reason to put tension through joints because we want to continue to build. It's not just about muscles. It is about like the tendon health, the, the connective tissue health, and all the things around that as well. So um, it's one of those things that you just, it's hopefully when you start weight training, it stays part of your life forever because it's scalable it's good to do you can kind of watch your your numbers on your workouts improve um so you will always want to be on a scale of trying to get a little bit stronger trying to improve the resilience of your body jocelyn you mentioned earlier how important strength training is in improving bone density now that becomes even more important as a woman gets older because as their hormones drop their bone density becomes compromised and they're at risk of osteoporosis. Yeah, yeah. And and again, just a, a, another reason 5 million and 10 <laughs> um, to, to continue, you know, strength training. But, you know, even if we think just even standing up walking, if somebody's not doing that in their, um, I don't know, 40s, 50s, 60s, even that in itself will be a start to building that bone density back but then that just multiplies um when you start lifting weights when you start you know adding that that load so it it is as andy says it's just it's it's so important throughout your whole life to be able to to do that um particularly for for things like bone density you know so if we're looking at someone's well-rounded fitness week what should that look like what percentage of cardio should there be um, alongside weight training? Um, I would always say something like, um, again, because it depends where you are in your um, training journey, but something like one to two strength sessions a week, uh, one to two um, cardiovascular sessions a week, um, always making time again just for that um, you know, putting in some some mobility work, whether that's added onto your strength sessions, whether that's added onto your, uh, you know, before or after your um, cardiovascular work. Um, I think that sometimes people can get really caught up in, you know, I have to do um, this this amount of of training, or, or it could be like a six day week, um, potentially twice a day. Fine if you're an athlete and competing and doing all of that stuff, great. Um, but you you also should pay attention to um, you know you can train for the amount of time that you can recover on top of that. So I always say recover harder than you train, particularly for those people who are doing a lot, um, because again, if you've got a uh, perfect and in inverted commas training week, but you are not recovering well by by getting enough sleep, by staying hydrated, by trying to um, you know manage your stress levels, um, you know nutrition, all of those pieces, it kind of doesn't fully negate the training that you're doing, but you're just not going to get the same 
um, results that you're that you're looking for. So um, I would say one to two a week of, of each of those things. But also, if you're somebody who is high stress, got a high stress job, um, you know, isn't sleeping well, you've really got to got to do what you what your body is going to be able to to manage in that in that week. And does doing a lot of cardio compromise muscle mass it can do yeah I mean if you're well depends on so if you're somebody who wants to uh and 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 again um Andy I'm sure you've had these clients who want to do all the things all at once (laughs) they want to run a marathon they want to get as strong as they can they want to do everything and you're like okay cool um it it, (laughs) but um those are extreme cases so um it, de- it depends on your training goal. Yes, if you are trying to build, you know, pure strength, doing tons and tons and tons and tons of cardio is going to affect that. But I think, you know, potentially for most of your listeners, um, again, if they have that balance of one to two strength sessions a week, they're looking after, you know, they're, they're doing some some cardiovascular work once or twice a week at least, um, then, it, then it should be fine. Sometimes we can go too much into the extremes on, what would it what would affect it for but for the most part keeping those um, ratios would be good so let's talk about nutrition Andy I know you're hugely experienced in this area and it's very difficult to give nutrition advice to the masses because it's all very personal and tailored to the individual but could you give an ideal sort of diet somebody should be following if they want to build lean muscle mass is it as simple as protein, protein, protein? <laughs> um, there, there definitely isn't. Obviously, it's not a perfect diet. Nutrition is like it's a, like you said, it's a minefield. There is no one size fits all. It's a very hard one to answer. Like Justin says, it all goes back down to it's this recovery piece. So we think of training, we think of nutrition, we forget about recovery, and nutrition really falls into that recovery piece. So we are creators similar to adapt to, and in that adaptation that getting stronger, that's where we use nutrition, sleep, and other things. So it's really important to have a nutrition mindset when it comes to, uh, sorry, a recovery mindset when it comes to nutrition. Uh, The industry seems to have very much gone in a direction of let's really simplify nutrition down to it's just energy balance, it's just energy in versus energy out. Um, And that is a real oversimplification of what's going on in the body. So what's important to understand is that you can, your body's given you very clear indicators to how you're recovering from things like muscle soreness, readiness for exercise, mood, sleep, cognitive function, all these things. So if you've got very obvious markers going on, start to listen to your body and make sure that you're not feeling like you're really flagging in training, that you're getting like brain fog whilst in the middle of the day, because these are all kind of key markers that there could be some sort of nutritional deficiency in the sense of you're not eating enough. I think most people are now aware that protein is important for recovery. Protein effectively is going to give you the building blocks for repair. And that's not just muscle repair. That's all tissue repair in the body. Um, again, I don't think we have to go absolutely crazy with protein and take it to very, very, very high numbers. It's just important to have an adequate amount of protein throughout the course of the day. So like three servings of protein throughout the course of the day from either animal produce or plant-based produce. I, as much as I think it's a very uh, broad statement to talk about this idea of intuitive eating, I do think it's important to, um, to know a little bit about what you're eating from an energy perspective. So sort of like being inquisitive, looking at the back of packets to see how many calories in the foods. I think it's a minefield to go down into too heavily for the wrong person. Um, so 
I'm sort of skirting around the answer because it's a very hard one to answer. Um, yes, prioritize protein. Um, think about recovery. Listen to your body. Um, have, again, a performance mindset, both from recovery, but also it's not just about doing loads of work in training, burning calories, under eating or eating at an energy deficit to try and lose weight all the time. It can be about are you fueled for your workouts? Are you able to perform at your highest level, um, both at your job, if you're a mum, in the gym, all these really important things. Um, and then maybe just modify the nutrition accordingly. Now, you mentioned um, calorie deficit. Even though we are trying to move the conversation away from that, there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight and, and feel healthier in yourself. So if somebody is following a calorie control diet, is it possible to build lean muscle when you are eating less calories than you are expending? Theoretically, yes, it is, because the body has energy reserves. So it's not like your body is ever running out of energy. Um, the, the, the problem will be if you're running at a, consist, a, a continuous calorie deficit, are you going to have the energy to train to be able to actually create that stimulus? Um, that becomes the, the overall or the underlying picture. So if you've been in a calorie deficit for a while um, and as you train, training gets harder. When you first start doing push-ups, they're hard. But then after 10 weeks, you can do more push-ups. So therefore, that was harder than I appreciate you couldn't do one at the beginning. But now you're doing five. Five push-ups is harder than one push-up as far as what's happening to the body. So as you train, you're getting stronger, you're able to push your body harder, you're able to create more tissue breakdown, there's more need to repair. Um, so all the time you're pushing your body harder, you're asking more demands of it, and you're 10 weeks into a calorie deficit, you're going to have serious problems with maintaining that energy deficit and have good quality workouts. So there has to be a situation where potentially as training gets harder and harder, you do allow yourself to have a few more calories. Um, you can organize your nutrition to make sure that you're fueling yourself before a workout. That could be eating the night before for a morning training session, eating a good amount of breakfast for a lunchtime training session. Um, but yeah, it does become a very obvious, you start butting up your nutrition against your training and they become very two, two very limiting factors. And if muscle increasing muscle getting stronger is the goal, then you might get away with it for a bit, but continuing it, continuing it for a while could be problematic. Right, well, we're coming to the end of our time today. The name of this podcast is Going for Goal. So I'm going to put you both on the spot. Jocelyn, what is your goal for 2021? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, mine is actually to ask for more help. Um, I'm not very asking for help, which I discovered when I was on somebody else's podcast. And they said, when was the last time you asked for help? And I said, sorry, what? <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> I have. Um, and so actually... Um, you find yourself in this position where, you know, one of my whole things is, you know, be the change you want to see in the fitness industry. So you just keep going and da 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 da, da. Um, But actually, I think that I will just be, you know, looking to other people more just to say, um, I need some help with this. May I have some help? So that's that's my goal for 2021. That's a really valid, worthy goal. Andy, you had a bit more time. So what's your goal? Mine's going to be really, mine's really straightforward because I've got a very, uh, obvious goal. I'm going to keep mine totally on topic of strength training as well. Um, there's a certain exercise that I've never been able to do. And I got very frustrated in a CrossFit session that I couldn't do it. It's called a razor curl. I had a bit of a sulk. I was like, why can't I do this? I've been, I've been training for 20 odd years. 
And then I caught myself sort of like looking in a mirror going, Andy, you've never practiced that exercise. And one of the things I always tell my clients is just like, be patient, trust in the process, be patient, trust in the process. Um, so I am going to be very, very patient because I am nowhere near where I need to be at it. Um, it's going to do nothing as far as increasing muscle mass. It is literally just a hamstring strength exercise. Love you know it. how competitive I am, so I'm going to have to go What's and have yours, a... Claire? Oh, mine. Yeah, what Claire, is mine? That's awesome. Do you know what? Mine is to start wearing makeup again and wash my hair because I'm just working from home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working from home the whole time and my self-respect has gone out the window. I just, I'm normally quite glamorous, you know. <laughs> so mine is just to be a grown-up again. You know, be a, be, a, be a gorgeous, sassy businesswoman, not sitting in my house in my cardigan. <laughs> I have taken to, Love I've it. started getting dressed up. To, I've started getting dressed up to go to Lidl these days. Just anything to kind of like wear jeans and, the fur and a jumper. Lidl is now out, out, you know. I so, know. you know, the supermarket is out, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go big. Well, roll on June the 21st. You've been listening to Andy Vinson and Jocelyn Thompson Rule in conversation with Women's Health's Editor-in-Chief, Claire Sanderson. Some super strong goals at the end there. Um, remember, if you've got a different one in mind and you want to know how to achieve it, let us know and we could be helping you get there with the help of our experts in an upcoming episode. As ever, if you want to comment on anything that we've raised in this episode, get in touch. All the details of how are in the show notes. And final ask from me if you're loving the pod please do leave us a review on apple Podcasts, as it really helps new listeners find us that's all from going for goal this week we'll be back next tuesday bye hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.